So, do you like scary movies? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Uh, I, I, I no, really don't. I, I think it's yeah, been well established that I don't like scary movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> scream. Scream. Scream, buddy. I was excited about this one. I, I don't know why. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big scary movie guy, as I've I've has <laughs> been well articulated over the last few episodes. But um, yes, uh, I don't know why. I was this this one. This one feels very um, central. I don't know if it's central to my childhood, my teenager existence. It was the first movie that I ever went and saw with like friends like high school friends slash middle school friends i guess it would have been middle school if it was 96 yeah. um yeah but so this uh, is your 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 13 well i guess you're a, 13 13 almost 14 yeah yes well it depends it came out in october right it would have come out probably uh, around december, halloween actually december actually oh really yeah really it came out but, in december uh, this yes, the movie came scream out came out in- it was I think it was counter programming, yeah, on their part. Let's let's really let's put it out at Christmas time, and uh, okay. Know, so what I what I would have been thirteen. So I would have been eighth grade, probably. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, I I was this one. I, I it just it's right there in the in that kind of formative. Yeah, formative era type of thing, and uh, yes. So I was excited about seeing it. Um, didn't think going into it was like ah, this is not going to scare me. I remember this movie; it's going to be fine. And yeah, I watched pretty much the whole thing through uh, through hands and and actually through my hat. My hat has a, a mesh on the back, and it was very nice oh, to wow. it could That's really a... block block all the all the bad things. So I looked wow. like an idiot with a big full baseball cap <laughs> on the front of my face watching this movie Man. in the in at like noon on a Saturday. Yeah. So it wasn't even I, and plenty of stuff going around me still just totally totally I, uncomfortable i must have just watched this more times than you because yeah i was uh I, I was excited to watch it too and i love i love this movie i watch this you know this is definitely one of the ones in my rotation around halloween that i watch like every year and and it was yeah this movie was a big deal when it came out in a yeah. lot of ways i feel yeah. like this was it was when the horror genre the slasher movie met the sort of Postmodern Quentin Tarantino era '90s, and why do you say that? What What about it do you think is post or or Quentin Tarantino? Like, what, why do you say that? Because, well, the '90s was this um, is kind of a turning point culturally, where uh, for the first time, movies started to become self-aware in the sense that characters in movies for the first time uh had seen other movies and they would talk about other movies and discuss and dissect pop culture so like that's which is uh, certainly quentin tarantino would be like the poster child of that in the 90s he was in terms of like you know all of his characters are always talking about pop culture that's you know that's what between killing people um (laughs) so so um but no but it wasn't just him we also had you know kevin smith Right. You know, his yep. movies. I remember it's like particularly like that Star Wars speech in in Clerks the, when they were debating talking about Star Wars. That was like people hadn't talked about Star Wars to that extent in a film before. 
like two fictional characters hadn't engaged in converse in, in a serious conversation about Star Wars <laughs> in a movie before. Right. Really. Now it's commonplace. This stuff, you know, but yeah. but in the nineties, this was kind of the beginning of that. And what Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream, what he really did was he kind of he took that same that same sort of approach and applied it to the slasher movie. And right. and actually really reinvigorated the horror genre because oh, at this point in the in the nineties the horror genre was like dead. Like, I think really since like Halloween, I think probably like you know almost twenty years earlier, which kind of you know it didn't maybe didn't create the slasher movie, but it it redefined it for the new right. generation. And then after Halloween, that was what ruled the horror genre because then you had J- you had Friday the Thirteenth, you had Nightmare on Elm Street, you had all those those franchises. And that became through the '80s. That was just they just recycled the same thing over and over right. and over again yep. until by the time you got to the mid '90s, you know the, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were done. Jason was done. Halloween with Michael Myers was like sort of fizzling out. So there hadn't really been, I think, you know, there hadn't really been a whole lot going on in horror. I mean, you had some people like David Cronenberg doing cool stuff, and in other parts of the world, and I think you know you. People in, in Italy, Italy doing interesting stuff in horror and like around the world, but in American cinema, horror was kind of it was not it was not in a good spot. So it was ripe for sort of reinvigorating, and that's what Scream did one hundred percent. One hundred percent. It was this movie. The thing that's interesting about this movie to me is that I think the way you describe it is actually the same way that I felt about it. Is like when I when I think of the Jason movies, the Halloween movies, the Friday Thirteen movies, to me, because when we were watching them, you know, by the time I started watching them, it would have been early nineties. By the time I'm starting to see it, they felt old then. Mm. Like right. even if they were relatively new, they felt old. They didn't feel fresh. They didn't feel new. The thing I noticed about this movie, it's bright. Like, they do not, it's like, so many of those slasher movies are, like, dark, and everything's kind of out in the in the background, and 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 I feel like the colors are just kind of muted and, and, and fuzzy, almost, and right. this movie, just as a, as a visual, is incredibly, like, primary color bright. It's, like, in right. your face, very, you can see everything. That's true. Um, you know, even the opening scene with, with Drew Barrymore, who... At the time, Drew Barrymore, I feel like, has been the same age to me since <laughs> Scream. Like for like a thirty-year period, she's the same age to me. It's true. It's true. I mean, I, really, I didn't realize yeah. she was that young in this movie. She's twenty-one. That's when, crazy. At the time that she was filming this, she's like, I think she's of her always as, twenty-seven. She's like yes, always exactly. Even now, she's twenty-seven. Yes. She's twenty-seven. She's yeah. twenty. She's been twenty-seven forever. And <laughs> and but but that first scene with Drew Barrymore. Oh, you know, I she's can't. wearing white pants, like a bright yellow shirt, and it's like this this very visually bright kind of thing, yeah. which is very different than the Halloweens and, and the Freddy Kruegers and all of that, which are much darker wood mm. tones. I think of like I think of those with wood. Every every mm. house had like wood paneling in those right. movies. <laughs> and like this is very modern, very kind of out there, which just from the start is very different than all those other movies. Yeah, it's very, very nineties suburbia kind of, you know, aesthetic for sure. But uh yeah, this I mean, man, so I guess I mean again synopsis necessary? I don't know. 
I mean, it's pretty simple. It's it's about a <laughs> scream is about a, a a killer who wears a ghost mask who goes around killing teenagers in a small suburban town in Done. California. I think it's supposed to be. Although, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure California. they shot in California. And I, but it's like this is not a California we usually see because it's like, you know, it's really they shoot they shoot like uh, I don't know exactly where they shot it, but it's like out outside of the city where it's like you know yeah, as you can see actually like. A lot of fo- foliage, foliage, fo- fo- foliage. A lot of foliage, um, foliage. <laughs> I never knew. I, I I hate that word. I never. It's you hate foliage. I hate it. Well, because well, how do you say it? Do you say foliage or fo- foliage or fo- like? I've I've never heard it pronounced foli- fo- foliage. I don't know. That I've always said sense. foliage, but then again, as my brother-in-law gets mad at me because I used to say the word. I used to say taunt. For taut, when when a, you pull a line, taut. Oh, okay. I would you say taunt. taunt. <laughs> yes, and he would. Oh, he mercilessly. As if, as if you're taunting the the fishing line. I'm taunting the fishing line. I'm taunting the fish with my taut line. Um, ah. But uh, so I don't know. I could be pronouncing foliage wrong. I've always said foliage. So okay. who knows? Anyways, taking it back to the film. Um, so yes, so it's a serial killer, you know, your typical basically it takes the the typical slasher premise and but what it does brilliantly is for the first time there's a there's a level of self-awareness that hadn't heretofore it hadn't been present in these kind of movies. The kids in these in this movie were so much savvier and 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 brighter and and they they knew everything because this was finally the first time like i said that there was a sort of pop culture a self kind of like self referential quality to it and it is it's super interesting because because this really is the time when you were seeing like young people who were raised on like tv and like the in the in the vcr age so they grew up watching videos and all of a sudden now this stuff is becoming how young people are kind of relating to the world around them mm-hmm. in a way that movies and generations before just didn't do or didn't have. It was a totally different experience. And this is where we're really seeing that turn where that's happening, where like young people are, are using pop culture as, as reference points to, to how they kind of relate to the world around them and right. how they and in their how they you know go through their lives basically right and so it's it's kind of interesting to see that here and I definitely I definitely felt a sense of nostalgia for this era of of like teens because even like even like the the bullies or whatever were well spoken in these movies like all the kids <laughs> yeah. were smart and all of them were clever and all of them knew what to say and there was a certain like i said a savviness and just a kind of intelligence and a cleverness that they had that was kind of uh that's just it's totally different now cuz i feel like teens in movies now are just like on their phones and like like there's kind of just a blankness to them that is you know that's oh, the kind god, of well, he sounds so movies. he just sounds so I old know, i know it's <laughs> get true. off my it's, get off my well, cinema lawn <laughs> it's true they're just staring into like zombies staring into their phones kids these days these damn kids in movies kids these days in movies um but so yeah so the movie was written by Kevin Williamson who he would go on to do Dawson's Creek too, and he. Kind oh, of really? Said, yeah. So he was like really like. 
I didn't know that. Sort of the the father of this like uh, teen soap opera of the '90s that kind of evolved. I guess you know from like the Aaron Spelling kind of era into he was like the kind of created this next phase because I feel like Party of Five is kind of part of that as well. Even though maybe it's just because there's the Nev Campbell connection, but I don't know. I never watched it, but um, uh, neither did I. Yeah, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch My So Called Life. I missed all those. I was I was watching Saved by the Bell reruns. <laughs> Saved by the Bell. That's where I was at. Yeah. So yeah, we, we weren't we weren't hip enough yet. We weren't hip enough yet for that. Although no. Lexi Lexi watched all of that. Dawson's yeah. Creek, huge Dawson Creeks. My So Called Life with Claire, Claire Danes and a young Jared Leto, uh, which I only know because Lexi would tell me about it. Um, you know, yeah. So big, you know, big, big time period. But I think you're right. The, 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 this time period, I was also very nostalgic watching this movie, um, for, for, uh, you know, for the way this movie is shot, like you said, the teen element of it, um, they feel, and maybe it's because everything, from this point on, and not that this is the genesis of it, but but in this era, is all kind of shot in this way, um, moving forward. And so, you know, from twelve years old or thirteen years old, for me, you know, through you know into college, this is this is what I saw in movies, and the, and particularly this set of of actors is another thing because there's a whole yes. set of young actors that are coming in. Uh, you know, this is one of the first ones with Nev Campbell and uh, uh, Rachel McGowan and Rose McGowan. Ro- sorry, or sorry, Rose McGowan and um, Get it right. the um, Skeet. I can't forget Skeet. Skeet, yes. Um, you know, Who, and I then mean, I need to find his real name. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but then you know, this movie kicked off, like you said another just another run of horror type teen horror movies that were all in this thing you had uh, I know what you did last summer which was another one where yep. Jennifer Love Hewitt and and I think Freddie Prince Jr Freddie was Prince in that and, one and yeah Sarah Michelle um, and Ryan Yeah Cole, Sarah Mich- yeah. yeah exactly and so um you know this this was kind of that that starting point for these types of movies Yeah I and, know what you did last summer also written by Kevin Williamson by the way Really <laughs> so so, yeah. Wow, he's pr- prolific. I didn't realize. Yeah, so he's, he's was, most he of very, uh, very prolific at this time. Yes. I need to tell Lex. Lex is going to be like, "Holy cat!" Well, this was, you know, she's yeah, going to be crazy. And wrote wrote the faculty as well, which is another great one of that that oh, crop of movies. Right, I forgot about that. Brian Ray Trout, by the way, is Skeetalark's real name. His last name is Trout. Trout. I will henceforth only refer to him by his Christian name through the rest of this episode. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mr. Trout. Mr. So, Trout. All right. Yes. Um, so no, I I was I, the, I was really excited about this movie. Yeah, the cast is phenomenal. It really oh, I is. Yeah, I wrote down. It's the first thing I did. I wrote down. Yeah. As you can see here, you can't see, but the first thing <laughs> nice. was all the names of the people that in here because you had Barrymore, you had Arquette, Cox, yeah. Campbell, McGowan, uh, Winkler, Winkler. I totally Henry thought about Winkler, Henry the Winkler was in this. Yeah, uncredited cameo. Great. Was great he uncredited? Role. How? He had a fairly I think so. He I'm made a sure bunch he of was. I don't I don't know why, but but yes, I'm pretty sure and he was uncredited. Did you catch the 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 other one who's now a fairly big actor from uh the X-Men? Uh he he was in the X-Men. He's in a lot of big movies. You barely see him. He's just in a news article. Leave Schreiber. 
Oh, Lee. Yes, Liev Schre- Yes, Liev Schreiber. Yeah. Yes, yeah. as co- Cotton Weary. Cotton one of the Weary. Most absurd character names. Oh, it's lovely. When 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 Nev Campbell <laughs> says Cotton murdered my mother, I just went, <laughs> why? Why at that point do you continue to use that name? Like why? Broccoli. Just, I mean, <laughs> broccoli red. <laughs> it's a, broccoli. It's just, it might as well have been broccoli. I mean, really. I'm st- I'm I'm flabbergasted by that name choice. There are so many. I mean, take your pick. There, I mean, an endless stream of possible names, and Cotton was the name he seized on. I don't well, know, but so that was strange. The only um, other time I've ever heard the name Cotton is in Dodgeball, where where um, what's his face? Oh yes, Set, yes. His, he's he's yeah. the other announcer. He goes, yeah. I don't know what partner. they're thinking, Cotton. I don't know what yeah. they're thinking here, Cotton. Cotton. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. The only other that's time the, that I've seen that heard that time. name. Yeah. Oh Equally God. absurd. Yes. yes, but yes, right. Liev Schreiber, and it, and it is strange because yes, in this he only appears in like brief little <laughs> glimpses on a TV screen or yeah. in a newspaper article. Of course, he goes on to be more prominent in subsequent movies, but it's very weird, strange to see such an accomplished actor just literally be like a little face. Little, yeah, yeah, and tiny yeah. little face. No words, um, no, 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 no uh, lines whatsoever. But now, yeah. great cast. Great cast. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy as Randy, who's one of the like my favorite characters. God, he's so fantastic, so funny. Yes. Matthew Lillard, I could take an I I I could talk about. So Matthew which Lillard one is like Matthew Lillard? Podcast. Matthew Lillard is Stu. He was he was the uh, spoiler. He was one of the killers along. With so he's Mr. the Trout. best friend. He's the yes. best friend. Yes, Stu, yes, he's the Rose McGowan's boyfriend. Yes. Okay, that's the guy in- I was gonna say. He is he is somebody who is in like every teen movie yes. in this period. Like for a five year period, he is in every high school class. It's like he never graduated high school <laughs> at all of these schools, and he is just perpetually a high school student. I feel like because he's in all of those movies, and he's a he's a phenomenal actor. I love him. I love him in this movie so fucking much. He's amazing in this. I also <laughs> love him. There's this movie SLC Punk that he's in that came out. A few years later, he's that's a great movie. He's phenomenal in it. I love Matthew Lillard. He's like very underrated, and God, he's so great in this. And, and there are a few moments that he improvises that are pretty phenomenal. But um, but yeah, so you got this this great cast. I think um, Nev Campbell is so great. Um, this was like you know, she. I mean, it ended up becoming like one of the iconic sort of scream queen quote unquote roles, you know, and. Um, but I feel like she, because she did so many of these movies, and that's a, I feel like it's a really tough character to have to play so many times. Oh, she goes no. through so much trauma that basically every movie, all of her friends get killed, and then she and she has to like it's oh I, it's a really tough character to to have to play, but she does it very well. Well, what I don't, and this is the thing I I think with with scary movies or slash slasher movies, I feel like the first one is always by definition going to be better than all the rest for for one reason is that every character in it is has never experienced the thing that is going on whatever it be the the, the killing and all of that so sure. their reactions are genuinely scared right yeah. but then if you have the same person in a bunch of movies and they continually have these things i would think it become difficult as the actor because how do you be true to that particular like you can't act surprised i mean like right 
at, at a certain yeah. point you're like, well, this is my life. I just everyone dies around <laughs> me, and, <laughs> yeah. and you don't. You know, I I don't know I how you would act that. it. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's gotta be. It's gotta be a challenge. I. Uh, yeah, I applaud her for sticking with these movies as long as she did because <laughs> Do you? I don't. I have to Do say, you like, applaud I don't. Her? I mean, sure, of course, she's wonderful. I mean, good for her. I'm sure she's made very done very well for herself off of them. So, but um, because I've only so it should be mentioned too. This is a pretty big series. I've only seen though. I've seen the first three. I have not seen past three, and I think I think there's been three more. I think there's six now. I have no idea what's going on now. So I I've have lost touch with these folks. <laughs> I, I'm sure that I've seen three. I don't remember anything about two or three. Um, I'm certain well, I, I saw I them because they probably came out when I was in high school. Yeah, well, the second one, because I actually, in preparation for this, I watched the first one and I watched the second one. The second one is actually really good. It's uh, very good, actually. Um, surprisingly, I was like, wow, this is actually a really good sequel. And it came out like... A year after the first one, like I think while the first one was still in theaters, they were shooting the second one because I guess Kevin Williamson already like had the script ready, apparently. So I, I think I do. Re- I remember parts of the second one now that I think yeah, about she's it. She's in but college. And yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. But that's not what this podcast is not about. That's right. the second we're one. talking about. Um, um, so, yeah, I. Uh, so they, they dive right into it. And I feel like this movie takes it to a 10 quick. Like. Yeah. It, obviously, you have the, the the scene with Drew Barrymore, right? But but then she's immediately almost getting killed with within it feels like minutes after Drew Barrymore. There's no yeah, it doesn't waste know, its time. It doesn't waste yeah. any time. It's on it. Like we're gonna, you know, she's now the target, and you're going after her. So it's like it, yeah, that felt I, intense. Yeah, that and that opening scene really is. I do very vividly remember seeing that in the theater. Right. And it was it was so intense, and I mean, watching it now, I really enjoy it, and it's 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 still a great scene, and it's really well written. I love the writing, and, and Drew Barrymore is so great, but um, it's not you know it doesn't have the same for me at least. It didn't have the same impact like in terms of it didn't scare me as much. But I definitely oh, really? remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah, I, yeah. This I mean, honestly, this one doesn't scare me at all. Really, <laughs> I mean, I didn't have. I think maybe just because I've watched it so much. But um, uh, but I still I still love it. It's still a blast. And, and I don't think know, I've watched great, this movie. I haven't watched this movie since since high school. Really? Hell, I don't know that I ever watched rewatched it. Um, <laughs> really? uh, seriously, which is probably, uh, yeah, I'm not a scary movie guy. So why would I? No, I saw it in the theater with friends, and I that was enough for me. And it made yeah. such an impression. I remember a lot of it, but I I, um. Yeah, no, I don't think I think this was this may have been the second time I've ever watched that movie all the way through and and um yeah, I was terrified. So I'm, I'm yeah, I was the opposite of it. I It's ugh. still it's still effective. It's still so yeah, I think it's uh yeah, that but man, and I it is interesting too that the looking at this movie and the evolution of the slasher film. So now we're in the mid 90s, which is when cordless phones are a big thing which i feel like previously they hadn't now this is it's it's pre like cell phones although mr trout does get told at one point uh what were you doing with a cellular phone i that's right. one of my favorite I, uh, I lines like yeah. because he has a cell phone which is a, and he's like everyone's got him sheriff but but it's but it's no not everyone did have them at this time in 96 but the cordless phone is kind of still a relatively new thing which 
I do feel like that plays a big part in this movie in in these uh like the scene with Drew Barrymore obviously it's it and but even with Ned right. Campbell later on it it yeah. enables a sort of mobility for them to move around and it really opens it up a little bit and the movie really they take advantage of that in a really good way I think in this and it's just interesting to see that that point of like because before this anyone in a horror film if they were on the phone it was like you know they didn't have that sort of mobility or access before so that's kind of an interesting change yeah and they can and from the filmmaker you can you know like you said if you're corded up there's a lack of motion that 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 you that you can which gives it a stillness and you can have a calm conversation over the phone instilled with a lot of um tension through movement that is happening with the with the character running around in the and the thing and which which i also love is that it also gives it gives the it gives so much more freedom to the to the actor to do whatever they want in in that moment whereas i you know if you're tied to the phone yeah i can't imagine i you know it, it it's just crazy and and it's funny though the the funny thing is is that to me and this is going to sidetrack into a different movie for a brief second but like mm. we're talking about how the corded phone kept you stable right or in in one spot and then they transitioned okay now everyone can move and then you go f- that gets so ubiquitous that everyone can move then they do a movie called phone booth in which right. the whole damn movie is in one particular location you know right. and and playing with that so i i love how directors use new these new technologies come in and it changes the whole dynamic of how the film and the character and how they shoot it and what they can do with it and i would have never thought about it until you just brought it up but you're absolutely right the movement with the phone prior to this was probably was not as big a factor right yeah i and i just i really like how this there's there's a lot of other things that are of this era that are definitely informing this movie and making it stand apart from the films that came before. And like, you know, you have the pop culture thing. You also have, particularly at this time, and of course, tragically, it would get more real pretty soon after, but violence and and particularly the media's obsession with violence. Like this movie definitely feels a little like they're doing, tapping into what Oliver Stone was doing with Natural Born Killers, a little bit of the same media obsessed kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, glorifying and, uh, you know, uh, violence yep. and murderers and serial killers. And that definitely feels part of it with Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers, you know, character yep. who's really kind of opportunistic and really just looking for that next big yep. story and kind of morally cor- bankrupt, you know. Yep. Um, of course, she has kind of a, a transformation throughout the movie because of her experience, but she definitely starts off as very much like, you know, I'll do anything for... She right. wants to write, write her best-selling book. And poor Kenny, her cameraman... It was so great. I love, I love that actor uh, W. Earl Brown, who's so great. He's one of those great character actors you just see pop up and stuff. He's always so good, and he's just being tortured by her. He's such a like one of my favorite. Yeah. He has one of my favorite lines in the movie, and it's like thrown away. Yes, and she's like Jesus, get the camera. And he's like, my name isn't Jesus. <laughs> it's like off camera when he's. It's so so yeah. great. Like one of the best lines in the movie. Yeah. But um, I do feel bad though that even because spoiler alert, he he gets he gets killed. He's one of the unlucky victims, and even yeah. in death. She is still yelling at him because his yes. body is on the hood, and she's like, "Kenny, I'm sorry, but get the fuck off my windshield." So even yeah. in death, this poor guy. But um, yeah, but yeah I lo- I loved all that stuff though. I think I think that uh, to 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 piggyback on your your comment about the uh, media's obsession with 
with violence. I think another thing that was going on in the, in the culture right then is this fear that that uh, music and violence in movies was corrupting uh, young people yeah. and leading yeah. them to violence in the same way. And I, when you said tragically, I was assuming you meant um, Columbine, which which yeah, happened yeah. in in ninety seven, I believe ninety nine. Ninety nine. Sorry, you know. There, there was this obsession back then that 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 uh, music lyrics, particularly, I remember that being vividly. But then also the violence in movies, violence in video games, uh, you know, that that was corrupting young people and driving them. And the the thing about this movie is quite literally they're actually leaning into that argument that 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 right. these two kids um, were quite frankly living out what they saw on. On in movies and and yeah, so that was also own, there. They're, yeah, they're trying to like live their own horror movie basically, and yeah, and it's it is interesting. Like I lo- I love the line um, that Randy says when he says, you know, it's it's the millennium. Motives are incidental, and it's like it's and it is this kind of like you definitely got that sense that this was towards the end of the 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 twentieth century, and there was this feeling of like um, yeah, just kind of a a, a morally bankrupt you know society and that you know you didn't it was we were entering the the era where where because of you know the media's obsession with this it was like you know there that you didn't need a a motive to to commit some horrific act of violence this new paradigm was was being created you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um Yeah, I love this movie. I uh, I think so. The, so what? What were you gonna say? No, I have nothing to say. Oh, I was just oh, gonna yeah. mention hey, hey, the director. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> even now it's still happening. We can see each other. Hey. And okay, Go. so Wes Craven directed the, this movie, of course, and he was. That's know, another one, name like M Night Shyamalan. Wonderful name for 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 somebody who right? who does scary movies. Wes, Wes Craven. Craven. I mean, Perfect. come on! That's that's good, that's well done. Good, born. He was born to make horror films. Are you are you uh, on a first name basis with Wes as you are with M Night? Uh, I'm not as close as I am to, with M Night. Uh, unfortunately, okay. Wes is no longer with us, so um, oh, okay. we we lost touch. But M Night and I are still quite close. Um, okay. We talk to Mr. Trout every other night too. <laughs> Mr. Um, Trout. <laughs> I can't. I'm never gonna not call him that. Um, but yeah, so Wes Craven, one of the godfathers of horror, you know, he directed obviously Nightmare on Elm Street, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, um, also Last House on the Left, which was a, a kind of a, a big a early sort of progenitor of the the slasher film in the '70s, before Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, which uh, he also did uh, Hills Have Eyes, and you know, a lot of very famous horror films, and kind of an an interesting. I mean, I guess in a way, it's in a sense, it's an obvious choice to direct it. Um, but he didn't want to do it at first because he was kind of like oh, he wanted to move on from horror. And then I guess that he was at some convention somewhere and some like 12 year old kid came up to him and was like, man, you should do a, one of the movies like you used to make that, you know, you know, you should do something that kicks ass again or something. And he's like felt so he was feeling old and was like, oh, fuck, I guess I better, you know, maybe I will he, d- you know, take a shot at this. Has he ever done anything else? He anything did, other uh, than? Well, I think around this time or shortly after, I know he did some movie with Meryl Streep called like Music of the Heart or something. <laughs> I what? Think, which I'm pretty sure he did. And um, and Meryl I Streep and Wes yes. Craven 
Music yes. of the Heart. Oh, I want. That's can right. we do that movie? Let's, I mean, I've never come seen on. it, but he did. Well, he also did. Um, well, actually, I mean, looking at it, that's one of the only non-horror films I was I've gonna seen, say. He's got. He's got. He's got. Last House on the Left. Hills Have Eyes. Deadly Blessing. I don't know that one. Swamp Thing. Nightmare on Elm Street. Hills Have Eyes Part Two. Deadly Friend. Serpent in the Rainbow. <laughs> that's a good one with Bill Pullman. Shocker. Never saw that one. People Under the Stairs. I. That one's a good one. New Nightmare. Oh, that's okay. So that's interesting, and that kind of there's a that kind of ties into what the screen movies do. So you know, New Nightmare was the final movie of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and there's this great sort of meta aspect to that movie because it takes place in the real world, quote unquote, and it's about the actors, like the actress who played Nancy from the original movies. She plays herself in the movie, and it's kind of about Freddy crossing over it from the movies into the real world, kind of. It's a really ah, interesting I see where you're concept. going with this, yeah. And, so there, it's, and, it's more that self-aware kind of... Yeah, it, which yeah. is actually, and also not to get off to another movie but scream 2 they go even deeper with that because in the sequel there's a movie within the movie made of the events of the first movie called Stab. right yeah and like the movie <laughs> yes. opens at the premiere or like at a, at a showing in the, in the theater of the movie within the movie right so then it gets into that aspect also sequels they t- they get into it's it's really cool stuff but so yeah Wes Craven clearly is interested in that sort of meta aspect which is which i really i love that stuff i think it's really interesting and cool and um but uh yeah he 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 does a great job here with 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 these movies i think um part of me does kind of wonder what it would have been like if a less obvious choice you know had directed if somebody somebody you know maybe uh, like a more indie filmmaker of the time had done it instead of of him what it would have been like or what you know i i don't know if um because it does, it feels it feels very polished and very, very you know well well made. But um, part of me wonders if it would it would have. I do kind of wonder what it would have been like if someone else had maybe had had approached it. Well, I think I, I think that yeah, I think you're right. I think you know it does have a very polished feel to it in in the sense that which is which which I like. I I think that it. Um, you know the polishness of it feels a little awkward, given that it's supposed to be a chaotic kind of slasher kind of um, movie. If that makes sense, like it doesn't. You know, it's interesting that the, these movies, the the shakiness that you get with a handheld camera, conveys a level of 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 uh, anxiety and fear and and whatnot that you can't that you can actually make the the audience feel through the shakiness of it. Yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, this movie doesn't. It doesn't. He doesn't use any of the shaky camera. Right. At all. It's all very straight. Kind of. You're seeing everything very still, very clean, very like this is what you're supposed to see, and um, it's interesting in that way because I feel like nowadays, you know that that is almost kind of standard fare to use a shaky kind of thing to convey that because it really is disorienting and it can make you feel really, yeah. you know, just intense feelings with that or at least i can i but then again i watched this through a hat so if it was shaky camera i would have been in, i would have been vomiting through my hat but um uh, yeah no it's, I, I mean it's a great movie i do though i do wonder if maybe it would have been the the intensity might have been might have held up 
a little more for me if it had been directed somewhat differently. But, right. but I mean, Wes Craven's a master, and yeah, he does he does a great job with it. And it's it's uh you know, uh, there's so many. And of course, there's the iconic scene where Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy, who's like the movie obsessed you know uh, guy, is no question who I relate to most in this movie. But uh, he when he tells, you know, of course, the rules to survive a horror movie, which is kind right. of an iconic scene, which, you know, was like, was so, at the time, it was really kind of like, it's another one of those moments where I kind of want to stress to young people that, like, this wasn't in a movie before. Like, nobody had nobody had, had acknowledged these things before. Actually, you know, no character in a movie had acknowledged these things as being sort right. of cliches or, or kind of staples of the genre. Like, so it was... I remember I just always loved that and was so like was so clever and um I, yeah all that stuff was so good um and I, I thought I, um did you feel like the students were shitty cuz I when I watched shitty. this as a kid like uh, the the way particularly Matthew Lillard's character yes acts you know Nev Nev is, is I don't remember her name in the in the movie so I'm just going to call her Nev oh right Sydney, Sydney. Of course. sorry sorry Sydney, um, you know, is almost killed. Her mother has has been killed less than a year earlier. Yeah. And and they're making jokes about a fellow student who has died. And then it's not just them though. They're people running through with masks and and all sorts of stuff. And the whole time I'm sitting here going, like as a as a kid, that didn't register as weird to me, but like Watching it now, I'm like, I had the same reaction that Henry Winkler's character had. Exactly. I was going to get into that. That's what I was I was like, say, because, yeah, fuck yeah, all you guys. What yes. the hell are you doing? I was like, I love, Henry Winkler is actually like, he's really great because, and he's like super sensitive with Sydney when she comes yeah. to the office. And like, he's actually like only, a super, he's a great principal. Only, we're he supposed to talk about, uh, we're supposed to talk about whether things hold up or not. And I'm going to tell you that, that. Yes, he does super whatever. Oh. But then there's the moment where he grabs her Touches her her okay. yeah. her, yeah. her chin yeah. in this That's way right, and right. I was like I was like, "Ooh, cool. buddy." Yeah, yeah I was like, "Whoa, there. buddy." Yeah. Hey. Let's, yeah. Hey. Let's walk it back a walk it back a bit there. Come on. You you were on you I, I was on your side. You were <laughs> yeah, yelling at kids. Yeah. You were threat you you put a scissor to one person's was, knife. He was threatening them with a scissor. I was okay with the scissors. Yeah. yeah. Threaten their life. But touch the girl's chin. Yeah, it's a non-starter. Yeah, no, like, don't I, do that. I was totally on his side with those fucking guys. I was like, yeah, yeah, fuck those kids. That was horrible. And I think, I mean, for sure, I think part of that is, unfortunately, because we've seen so many, you know, freaking massacres, you know, yeah. in schools. That at this point, like something like that is just totally unacceptable and not funny, really, at all. Um, but, but I uh, also think that maybe at thirteen, I, I maybe I felt. Maybe that felt like, yeah, of course kids are going to make stupid jokes. About, like, maybe that didn't seem crazy that people would make fun of it then, and maybe... Well, because it wasn't such a common occurrence, you know, like... Yeah, see, I don't I don't know that I agree with your... your, your, your I don't know if I agree with that. I, I, I don't know that, that the reason would be because it's not common they're laughing about it. Because I would think if it's not common, you would feel you would have more intense feelings about it. I would think that the commonness would make you feel more nonchalant about it. My, well, I, my, well, I just mean, I just mean our re- response to it. Not Oh, our response. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm talking about the character's response. I'm saying right. that the characters, I feel like 
as a 13-year-old then, I think you're probably right. I see what you're saying. You're saying that my 13-year-old self, this was remote enough that I could accept that they were making jokes about it in the same way that I can't accept how many jokes were made about cities blowing up after watching 9-11. I can't can't accept somebody making jokes about about a death at a school um, in this way. It's just finding that to be completely... No, that doesn't happen. So, yeah, I think yeah. you're right on that. Yeah. I also like the turn on the killer. I wrote down mm. the I so okay, the reveal. So yes. I remember thinking and I don't watch enough horror flicks to know if this is the case, but I don't know of any other movies where there were two uh right killers that was in unusual. this way. That was definitely unusual. Yeah, and not And I loved very yeah, unexpected. Okay. Because I love how Wes, Wes, our good friend Wes, I love how yes, Wes Craven um, uses the fact that there are two killers to not only confuse Sydney but the audience. That, that yeah. I remember believing the whole time, like, well, it can't be the boyfriend because Billy, he, he didn't Trout. make the call. Mr. Trout, I, he couldn't make the call and he got stabbed and yep. all of this stuff. And then I totally believe that it wasn't Matthew Lillard because he did the same same thing. And so yeah. I just thought that the reveal when you comes out that they're both in on it yeah was yeah. a big deal. They and they really they did do I think a really good job of yeah, of misleading you and 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 really like I remember especially watching it the first time I was like I had no fucking clue who the right. I was like really it could be anybody like which is I think which is impressive when a movie can actually do that that's that's impressive right and especially now but one of my favorite things now when watching the movie is I love watching Mr. Trout and Matthew Lillard in scenes together because you know cuz now you know, we know that they're the killers right. and you see the way they look at each other like particularly the scene in the video store when right. When Matthew Lillard is talking to Randy and and he's like kind of talking shit about Billy, Mr. Trout, and and suddenly he's there, and Matthew Lillard comes up behind Randy and he go, you see this look on his face and he's looking at Billy and like you go and it's one of those things that I watch now. And I'm like, how did I not fucking know this guy was a killer? Because he's right. he's like he goes into yeah. straight up psycho mode in that scene, and you can tell like, oh, there's something going on with these guys. Like, right. But um, but of course, you know, at the first time I watched it, no clue, went and had no, didn't register. I think because, and that's another great thing about Matthew Lillard's performance is he's so kind of funny and goofy. You don't suspect him because like, oh, he's he's silly. Like he's not a right. killer, you know. Um. So yeah, I think they they did a really good job of misdirecting us, um, and it you know, and it, so it was a it was definitely a surprise, not expecting two killers. But is it? But it, even. But is that something that has happened before? I mean, I can see how we'd be surprised, but it, it, can you think of another? Do you know of another movie? I don't know of another movie where the I can't. I mean, especially in a slasher like and lobe. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like a slasher yeah. horror movie. Yes. In it's, which yes. It's a it's 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 uh it's very the cliche is that it's one killer it's one it's Michael Myers or it's Freddy Krueger I did the stabbing thing because you like, did you're stabbing and somehow, <laughs> somehow that is like signifying my point there's <laughs> yes there's this um, but no there is always it's always just that it's the one character it's the one guy right who's or or woman in the case of Mrs Voorhees in Friday the Thirteenth who is doing the killing and yeah it's very uncommon that in that way too it also kind of upends the cliche of the slasher by saying, oh, there's actually two. 
And and again, very disturbing foreshadowing to Columbine of these two friends right. who kind of, you know, one of them sort of clearly like influencing the other and kind of, you know, and it's, yeah, it becomes this really disturbing sort of uh, weird uh, partnership they have. Yeah. And I also think that another thing that this, this, uh, again, I don't know of another movie, but I think the other thing that this kind of is in that early kind of stages is this belief or this character kind of thing where there was young people, especially students, that were not only bad and evil, but like hyper um, capable and competent and savvy. Like they could, it's not just that they killed somebody, it's that they're psychotic in a way that they can manipulate people. And that tends, there's a bunch of movies after this that I feel like that becomes more of a thing. And now it's actually kind of a cliche that you can see it in like a ton of TV shows where somebody will, you know, there's this kid and he thinks he can manipulate everybody and they're like super competent about stuff. And, and so I feel like this is kind of an early version of that. I don't know of another movie. Um, yeah, I can't. Usually I can't the slashers are kind of older, like kind of out there, odd people that like you don't yeah. uh, you don't relate to at all and yeah. these these were not the, not the case in this movie yeah no this this was definitely i mean it, this wasn't a supernatural you know character this is right. just these were just two real kids who decided you know they wanted to murder people and, <laughs> yeah, just, and that's what I'm they laughing did only, i'm only laughing because of the, <laughs> the way you said a, it it's such a it's such a romp I, it is joyous <laughs> i agree with you jeff it's so funny it's, it's hey I didn't pick these movies, man. Don't get on me. I'm laughing to hide my hide my pain. Um, so just oh my let me have my little bit of sanity here. Um, uh, I I uh, I also liked the fact that Sydney turns on the killer uh, and is um, in in a, in a way. I mean, I guess that's not odd. A lot of these slasher films has at the, by the end. By the end, they kind of get get their mojo, but but Sydney is cocky from the start. Like she gets on the phone and somebody's blah blah blah, and she walks right out the door, says, "I'm calling your bluff," you know, and is just all in on like trying to be, you know, in their face about it. And um, I like that. I, I I like that. That's you know that yeah. they didn't again but i think it's to your original point which is that they leaned into the clichés they acknowledge it out in front of everybody um and then they purposely take steps to kind of go in the opposite direction of whatever the classic cliche thing is and again west craven no one better to try to lean into that he's he's kind That's of true. created all those those clichés it's true yeah and i i do i love that the moment when she, like there's that moment when she's talking to the killer and she says you know these movies are always about some big-breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door, and that's exactly what she does. <laughs> so, right. like, like right. she tries, she can't get out the front door, so she goes out the stairs, and I just so like, yeah, I love, but but it also again, but it, it, it it delivers on the level of a slasher movie still, it, but it, so it, it manages, to, which is such a hard thing to do, and it manages to do right. both. It manages to to be a great and en- en- engrossing, entertaining, scary slasher movie, but also. Right you know, have this other sort of meta level where it's commenting on it. 
and it's uh yeah really just super clever and still to this day i still think it's it's just a really great script and and uh you know uh still feels just very very fresh and clever and intelligent Mm -hmm. and um and i mean yeah 100 percent. i think you know i don't know if we're if we're we're there yet but i mean i think it holds up i think i'm it's a nun up for me for sure Nun up again no nuns not a single fucking nun although although the killer is in black and white um i mean that's a stretch but it's oh of course it's a stretch but i mean i wasn't yes yes matt i'm aware it's a stretch although although i want to say i want to say something i want to say something about the about the outfit um okay because because ghost face yeah Yes, the ghost face, because I think that the use of the ghost face allowed them to shoot stuff in the daytime, and you still don't need to know the killer, mm. whereas other the other slasher movies are mostly at night, and mostly True. because they want to hide the, the who the killer is, I think, is yeah. one of the devices, whereas this is, because he's in this full ghost outfit, he, they any time of the day, they can do whatever they want with this thing. Yeah, it makes the anonymity of the character even, you know, stronger because yeah, it's it's just it's far better said body. than what I said. Yes. Yeah, well, but well, but you know, it's just saying the same exact thing you just said. Yeah, just but repeating. you used the word anonymity. Anonymity. I use see it's just you got to add syllables. Just, you know, add <laughs> some syllables can't. and you can fool people into thinking you're intelligent. That's how it works. That's been my um, trick for my entire life, Matt. <laughs> just a bunch oh of syllables. Gosh. Yep, yep, yep. Oh boy. So yes, this holds up. Should we? I mean, should I mean we kind of? I guess we kind of jumped the gun, but I, we we uh, should we share no, it's Roger's two nuns thoughts? Up. Yeah. What yeah. were Roger's thoughts? Roger, Roger's Roger did. Roger watched this and he gave it he a did. rating. He did. Roger did I'm give curious. it a rating, and he's got some. He's got some interesting thoughts that are pretty pretty on the level. I think with with what we're saying, um, maybe slightly um, slightly. Um, Diminished somewhat. Smelly, but uh, smelly. These yeah, smelly. Yes, yeah, sm- oh, you that made a face. Smelly. You made a face. Smelly. You, you a made a face. Smelly. It's kind of smelly. A little smelly. But a little smell. Rogers. Rogers. A little smelly tonight. Let's see. <laughs> that's what. That's what I'll say when when he doesn't agree with us. <laughs> Rogers. Rogers. A little little smelly tonight. He's not. Rogers. He's kinda, Rogers. Kind of stinky. Rogers stinking up the place. Rogers got a little bit of stink. He's good. <laughs> Rogers, Rogers, a little oh fresh. My God. I'm, I'm oh not feeling. I'm not feeling. I'm not. I'm not feeling Roger right now. All right, no. L- lay it on me. No, he's, lay lay uh, that Roger, stank Roger's, on me. Come on. He's not very stinky. Okay, so this is what it's okay. he, Roger out of gave Scream three stars out of four. Or I'm sorry, okay. yes, out of four. What happened? Okay. What? I'm sorry for <laughs> laughing about the stanky. You're, Jeez. Oh. Okay. okay. All right. So, uh, Wes Craven's Scream violates one of the oldest rules in movie history. It's about characters who go to the movies. They've even heard of movie stars. They refer by name to Tom Cruise, Richard Gere, Jamie Lee Curtis. They analyze motivations. Did Norman Bates have a motive? Did Hannibal Lecter have a reason for wanting to eat people? True, they went to the movies in the last picture show, and the heroes of Clerks worked in a video store. Even Bonnie and Clyde went to the movies, but those movies were about the act of going to the movies. Scream is about knowledge of the movies. The characters in Scream are in a horror film, and because they've seen so many horror films, they know what to do and what not to do. In a way, this movie was inevitable. A lot of modern film criticism involves deconstruction of movie plots. 
Deconstruction is an academic word. It means saying what everybody knows about the movies in words nobody can understand. Scream is self-deconstructing. It's like one of those cans that heats its own soup. Scream is not about the plot. It is about itself. In other words, it is about characters who know they are in a plot. What did I think about this movie? As a film critic, I liked it. I liked the in-jokes and the self-aware characters. At the same time, I was aware of the incredible level of gore in this film. It is really violent. Is the violence diffused by the ironic way the film uses it and comments on it? For me, it was. For some viewers, it will not be, and they will be horrified. So those were, those were Roger's thoughts. So it was it's pretty, it is pretty violent. I mean, it, you know, I think for um, I don't know. I don't feel like it was that violent compared to some things now. I, I, mean, I uh, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, for the time, I, well, I think you know there were disembowelings which you didn't normally see in a well, no, big oh, studio. Film. Well, I would say, well, here's the thing. I would yes, I would say that I'm thinking about it from this perspective: the disemboweling and the hanging of Drew Barrymore. Those right. two visuals were very disturbing but but the actual act of 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 the killing it, it yeah, wasn't anything that hasn't been seen in any film yeah. ever before it's just a, it's a stabbing it's not like you know i felt Certainly like there were far today's standards yeah and i and i felt like there there's been i mean hell like even i i've never seen the saw movies but i can't imagine mm-hmm. what that had to yeah. do with stuff. I mean, and, and so, yeah. yeah, that didn't bother me. Yeah. But, um, so. but yeah, so that's, so that's, uh, that's scream. That's all right. That's scream for you. I, uh, great, great movie. Just awesome. Holds up hundred percent. Um, re invigorated the horror genre. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an important film, a very, one of the most important films of the nineties, I would say. And, uh, yeah. and definitely holds up. To this day, I like it. Highly, highly like recommend. It. Yes. So do I. All right, Matt. I, I am. My, my stomach has started to. Oh. To, to really feel bad because I got to hear okay. what you've chosen. Oh For boy. the next. So I guess this is why. Well, I guess this is, a, this is our final choice. This um, is the final movie of the of yes, the, the final movie October. Of Halloween. Yes, this will be dropping right before Halloween. I guess the last week. So. So I thought for the last one, since uh, I'm kind of going with the nostalgia elements a little uh, again this time, and uh, going back to uh, a movie from the early 1980s uh, called Poltergeist. Oh, that's right. We already decided this, didn't we? We did, but I think we did it off mic. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Yes, Poltergeist. Okay. Poltergeist. All right, I had forgotten about it because I don't want to watch it. Um, Nineteen eighty-two, produced by Steve, produced and co-written by Steven Spielberg. It was kind of his baby. He really? Did, although, well, and we'll get into it, but it's debatable as to how much he actually was involved in the direction of it. It's credited to uh, another director, but Spielberg was very heavily involved, and it's kind of a big point of contention to this day. But uh, also, <laughs> a movie that has kind of a legendary sort of creepy aura around it um that it's a franchise that was plagued by some kind of creepy uh, things and demons and occurrences um that we'll get into that's pretty interesting but um 
But yeah, I think one All of right. the, one of these, uh, I, you know, one of the the, the formative uh, horror films that I remember from being young. This was like probably it was one of those movies that I was that I watched when I was too young to be watching it, but it was rated right. PG, so you know it was like our parents didn't know any better. But it ended up it's yeah pretty 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 terrifying. I remember. Yeah, I'm uh, not looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> all right, oh, Poltergeist. Um, Poltergeist. Whew, right before Halloween, that'll be yeah. that'll be a fun one. All right, well, I can't wait, Matt, until we start actually going back to random I know, selections, right? and maybe a maybe got, maybe right. a comedy, maybe yeah. maybe a, a comedy screwball good comedy comedy good rom-com well give me a, give me a rom-com give me a come back with it with like a sandy bullet like while you were sleeping maybe oh kind of yes thing. totally yeah. yeah give me some give me some yeah. some of that give me yeah. some well <laughs> tom hanks give me a give me something that's uh you know I, I, anything yeah. <laughs> anything Watch, other than this w- when when we come back it's gonna be like schindler's list or something <laughs> <laughs> it's Yes, Schindler's List. Oh, what's what's so good? What are you watching this week? Oh, that that old that old oh, comedy. God. Oh uh, God! Yeah. That, That's, oh jeez. Uh, I mean, uh, hey, at least it's not you know Triumph of the Will. So yes, at least it's not Triumph of the Will. That's true. Oh, but uh, we already watched are, that we've, movie. We've made so too many questionable references to things. I feel like we're already flagged. Like I feel like <laughs> we're like this. The FBI has has earmarked our podcast because of certain references we've made. Of, even our, in our, yes, we keep we keep making poor references. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, Poltergeist will do it. Matt. Hey, say your yeah. say your catchphrase. Sleep. Take us away. Give us it. <laughs> Give us Sleep. the way. I don't like this. I don't. I kind of want to just. I, I don't. I. I want you to stop saying this. <laughs> Please. I love it. I <laughs> love it. It puts. Me, can't we just say, "All right, man, sleep tight and and see you later." Like, I mean, <laughs> this is. I dread this. I almost don't want to do the podcast because I know it's going to get to this point and it's going to be the end and I'm not going to know what to say and I'm going to look like a dummy. And I mean, and it's just going to negate every intelligent thing I said before this. It's totally negated by my stupidity at the end. Not. It's not. All right. Well, on that note, Matt, sleep tight. Sleep tight. Don't let <laughs> the bed go. bugs bite. Don't fucking... And we'll talk to you. We'll do it here again, Poltergeist. All right. I will see you then, my friend.